I'm very mindful of looking after my body. So um, my latest bloods were all really good. Um, on a daily basis, I don't I don't regularly have any inflammation anymore, which is really good. And yeah, I, I feel happier and healthier than, than I've felt ever before, probably. So it's pretty good, really. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier and happier life. Today, we've got Charlotte back on the podcast. She joined us about a year and a half ago where she described how well she'd done on the Patterson program and all of the strategies that she'd used to get her health under control. So I'd like to welcome Charlotte back today to talk about how she's now able to run again. So today's episode is going to be for those of you who are interested in taking your current physical state and then taking it to the next level. In her case, it was running, so we'll focus on that. But a lot of the strategies and the approach that she used to be able to run again will also apply if you're looking to really get to that next uh, ability level in what you're currently doing. So welcome back, Charlotte. Hi, Clint. Thanks for having me back again today. Yep. And um, how are you doing? Uh, What's the current status of your health? Yeah, really good, thanks. I've kind of um, got to a point where in my mind I don't actually... Um, I don't label myself as someone with rheumatoid arthritis anymore. I've decided that um, that doesn't serve me. However, I'm I'm very mindful of looking after my body. So um, my latest bloods were all really good. Um, on a daily basis, I don't I don't regularly have any inflammation anymore, which is really good. And yeah, I I feel happier and healthier than than I've felt ever before, probably. So it's pretty good, really. Yeah, we couldn't ask for better than that, really, could we? That's sensational. Uh, For those wondering about your backstory, we're not going to go into all that today. Let me just uh, direct everyone to the uh, previous episode that we did. If you're interested in watching the past episode with Charlotte, I'm going to read out the bullet points at the top of the page on that podcast listing. And what we talked about was that Charlotte was diagnosed with RA a few years ago. So Today, as, as I'm recording this, we're probably, you know, that uh, three and a half years ago, she was diagnosed. She's a registered nurse. Um, she kept in close relationship with her rheumatologist, and she even gave him the Patterson program for rheumatologists and uh, kept him up to date with what she was doing. And she's never been on any medication and uh, regular exercise and including Bikram yoga. Uh, stress management and sleep balance were all part of her health regime, celery juice frequently. And yes, so she continues to go down this path and has even uh, started a, a, a business in the health sector helping others. So that's the, uh, the previous episode. You can go and find that by typing Charlotte in the search bar over at pattersonprogram.com forward slash blog or search for it in the podcast out whatever one you use. And so now let's talk about your newfound love of running. And surely there must have been a point where this seemed to be a future impossibility. Take us back to when 
it was very unlikely that you would ever run again. Okay, so I think when not long after I was diagnosed, probably the year after my diagnosis, I was that was probably the most challenging time of my life. And I had remembered in that time feeling like I had small children and I felt like if there was an emergency in the night, I felt very vulnerable. Like, I don't know if I'd better get myself quickly out of the house, let alone my children. And in that time, like, I actually remembered feeling so debilitated by the fact that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I actually can't run anymore. My my knees won't let me do that. My body won't allow that. And so fast forward through, you know, my, my time and dedication to the Patterson program and my healing. And in the past Actually, the past about a year ago, I had um, signed up to to walk a half marathon in in Hawke's Bay, New Zealand. And due to the nature of the past year that we've had, it was postponed. And so my my registration got postponed to 2021, to May 2021. And around Christmas time, so around uh, January earlier this year, I was like, oh, man, I just I don't know what it was within me, but I'd never been a runner but I felt like I just needed to push myself further than walking 21 kilometers. And um, I guess with the encouragement of my husband and some of my family and friends, I was like, actually, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a runner. And so that was the first part of the change was actually, instead of holding on to the, I'm not a runner story, it was around the self-talk, but actually I'm a runner. And I'm a massive um, advocate for positive affirmations. So I started by just affirming, I'm a, I've always said I'm fit, strong and healthy. That's the one um, affirmation that's really supported me in my progress healing. And so I changed that up a bit and it was, I'm a fit, strong and healthy athlete and I love running. And that was running through my head every time that I hit the, hit the road and started running. And I started small. So I started small by just doing small runs, like run a lamppost, walk a lamppost sort of thing. And then I built up, I built up to the point where I was so excited. I was like, oh my goodness, I just ran five kilometers without stopping. That felt absolutely massive. In the mix of all of this, um, you know, going really well with my training, I actually had an injury, which was unrelated to running. It was actually being thrown off my horse, but that's a, another story altogether. And that that slowed slowed my training down to a point where I was like, oh, maybe I can just revert back to being the walker. But I was so determined that I was going to do this. So that took two weeks out of my training regime. And then when I came back into it and I got moving again, I felt so good. I really actually, I truly started to feel like I was loving running. Like it felt, I felt really connected. I was outside in nature. It just felt really good. And then I just rapidly built up and my self-talk supported me in that. So I built up and I think the biggest run that I did prior to the 21 was I did 16 kilometers and that was only about seven days out from the 21. And um, yeah, so I built up quite rapidly, but my self-talk was, um, you know, that was really, really powerful for me. And also having some very um, inspiring music to listen to along the way. In a nutrition sense, I found that I was eating a lot more because I was doing all this running. It was um, exerting more energy that I I wasn't exerting otherwise. I definitely had like an exercise regime up until the point when I started running, but I found that I needed more. And I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to introduce eggs. And so I actually started eating more eggs and I found that they were they were working and supporting me really well. So I think it was a protein thing. I needed some more protein. I also found that I, I needed just to continue 
making sure I was getting a wide diversity of nutrients. So I'm a massive advocate for um, green smoothies. So a green smoothie to me with, you know, fresh greens from the garden and some other greens powders and things definitely really nutritionally supportive of me, um, you know, keeping my body in a space where it could do what I wanted it to do. So, yeah, I think that's probably... Yeah, the running piece in a nutshell. And then, of course, I came to the point where I actually I got to race day and it was, um, oh, my gosh, so nervous. I'd never done a, a start of a race before. And um, there was 4,000 people at the start line. So that in itself you can't mentally prepare for because you kind of think it's going to be like, you know, the, the start time of your race and you think, right, we'll be off. And it was actually... 20 minutes after the start time that I actually got to start moving because you know the nature of all of those people starting and mentally that was that was the biggest challenge of the day actually was actually just like I want to go now I'm ready you know and yeah I was really happy with how it went I found my found my groove and my pace and I got to about eight kilometers and I I did have some pain in my in my ankles that I've never in my life experienced before I've never had any issues with my ankles and that really challenged me in terms of how I myself talk and the use of my mind and all the all the tools that I I have on board because there was nothing else that I could do I couldn't I I wasn't prepared to opt out even though in the same frame I'm very mindful of listening to my body I was like oh my goodness how can this be happening but telling myself I'm fit strong and healthy um you know I'm I'm a marathon runner, you know, all of these things, it got me through. And I got to about the 12K mark and I'd completely forgotten that I had pain in my feet. It was, it was gone. So that was great. And yeah, coming over the finish line, like probably the the last three kilometers of the race were the best kilometers of all. And, um, you know, there was nothing quite like crossing that line and my, my husband, my children, my mum and dad all being there to support me. It was just a really, really special day for me. And it really marked a significant um, milestone in in my healing and my health journey, like to be able to run a half marathon, like it was massive. So yeah, that's where I'm at with that. It feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's thrilling, isn't it, to run? I, I just, you know, find that there's an exhilaration associated with it. And certainly you don't feel any uh, anything close to stress once you get into a, a very high heart rate and you're in the zone it's just it sort of wipes out the mind and it's and it's um uh it's fleeting kind of behavior you get focused you get in a rhythm you're concentrating you're listening to your body and it's meditative in in that kind of way so um what a what a journey for you you know to be able to to get to that point let's explore the the um you know, the routines that you went through for people who are looking to maybe even just increase their physical activity a little bit, maybe it be getting into uh, walking if they're struggling to walk, um, mm-hmm. or maybe they're walking and they want to do just little bursts of running here and there to catch the bus or something. Um, what was your approach with, for example, stretching and strengthening away mm-hmm. from the actual running itself? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question. So we have to be really sensible. I mean, anyone has to be sensible about this, but particularly when you've, you know, you've experienced inflammation in your joints before, you need to be really, really careful. 
And so it's about warming up slowly, you know, getting your body moving. And yeah, just, I think probably first and foremost, you need to make sure that you've got really good shoes and footwear because you need to be well supported and, um, you know, the right cushioning and the right fit for your foot is really, really important for, you know, the impact that it has on your joints. And, and then it's, it's about just starting small, just start really small. Even if you feel like, oh, maybe I can push myself a bit further, just start small and then even give yourself a couple of days just to see how it feels. Because as we know, like all of us have, you know, different responses to different things. And sometimes it, it can be like instant, oh gosh, that was too much. But sometimes it can be a couple of days down the track that we, it catches up, I guess, so to speak. So just start carefully and just keep listening to your body and, and just reflecting on how you're feeling in that training process and then as you alluded to before I think stretching and warming down afterwards is absolutely essential and so for me that was always about getting back from my run and I, I actually have a tree and it's sort of in the winter it's like I ground myself by doing my stretches against a nice tree in my garden it just feels really good to be outside in the fresh air and it just helps because you're often quite hot when you get back from your run you don't want to be going back inside so just um, outside in the fresh air, doing some really good stretches. And yeah, it's worth getting some support or even some advice around the stretches that are going to be best for you because you want to make sure that's how we avoid injuries to, um, you know, stretch really well. And then what was I going to say more about that? Yeah, just listening to your body. You do like, obviously when you're building up like that, you need to keep pushing yourself, but just checking in, like if something's sore, you don't want to keep pushing it. You need to just stop and and take check um and then also you know um soaking in magnesium bath that's really a really good way to support your recovery when you're doing something new like that as well so mm, yeah like an epsom salts that you can yes, buy absolutely. Yeah. yeah what about running style did you give that any consideration or did you just go with what you basically used to do when you were a kid yeah that's a really good question and i still thought actually that if i'd had more time i would have actually gone and got some advice around running style because it's actually a thing I didn't really even realize it was a thing I just kind of was like I'm gonna start running yeah for me I just do what I do I have um I had this app on my phone Nike Run Club and that was quite cool because you could track you know track the kilometers that you're covering the time that you're doing it and you know those sort of stats and that's kind of quite cool when you can track and you're building your progress up and things like that um, and it tells you, you know, one of the one of the strategies that I learned early in the piece was that once you get going, you try and do um, a fast kilometer, then a slower kilometer. But it's very hard once you get a good pace to slow yourself down. But that actually helped me build up as well. Was just doing like fast k, slow k, fast k. That can work quite well for people. But in terms of actual running style, like physically that's not something that I looked into too much further but perhaps I need to look into that a bit more maybe that's in the advanced category you've certainly yeah enough uh, to yeah. get to where you are now what about problem areas were there you know was you mentioned your ankles on the on the big run but <laughs> is there an area of your body that tends to complain and if so how do you keep that under control between runs yes yeah, so and um, for me at the moment, like inflammation at the moment is usually like if my immune system's low or if I know I've eaten something that, you know, generally if I've eaten sugar or um, which I don't eat a lot of at all, but occasionally sugar sneaks in and that definitely causes inflammation like through and through. 
I also had an episode where I I got glutened. Well, actually, no, it wasn't gluten so much. I'm actually okay with gluten. I can have my oats, but um, I'm very sensitive to wheat. And I had wheat um, by mistake, and that caused a massive inflammation that took me took me about two weeks to get on top of. So, um, but on a daily basis, one of the things that supports me in in keeping the inflammation down, which is predominantly like my hands, my wrists. Sometimes I feel it a little bit in my knees or on really cold days, I feel it in my hips. And so if that, um, to manage that on a daily basis, I've found that CBD oil is really supportive. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Talk about that then. Yeah. So um, I just found that it, um, you know, I've never taken any other medications, but that one in particular has just really helped helped me to keep any underlying inflammation under control. And certainly if something creeps up, like when I managed to have some wheat and clearly I didn't agree with wheat, you know, it helped me to regain some more control and and reduce that inflammation probably um, a little more rapidly than than before. So, yeah, I found that that really supportive. CBD oil's just massive in the States and whenever we're living over there, it comes up a lot, even in discussions with my neighbours. One of my neighbours over there is invested in a like a basically a CBD provider farm um, where, where uh, it, you know, it's just a really sort of um, growth industry. And so I've had a lot of discussions around it. I've tried it and my experience with it is that it, it, uh, it's a little bottle and it's dropper under the tongue. Um, I find that uh, it provides a soothing effect, a calming effect, and I was taking it at night uh, some nights to assist my sleep for a while. Yeah. So my experience with it was that it was a, uh, you know, just a sort of a calming, a sort of a, almost like a numbing kind of experience to the body. What's, what's been your sort of results from taking it? How does your body respond to it? And do you take it in that dropper style and how much do you take and so on? Yeah. So I take it in a dropper, um, under my tongue, just like you're saying, cause, um, it's it's very readily absorbed that way, and I think some people I that take it find that they they find it quite fast acting. Um, for me, I think it's more of a um, you know it's more of a long term thing. I do take it twice a day, some days like morning and night, um, and I find that 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 works for me just to um, just to just to keep that that buffer up. I guess I haven't noticed any. Um, well, I guess I do a lot of other stuff around stress reduction, but I, I know um, people that have found tremendous reduction in stress and anxiety. And yeah, like you were saying, you know, they're able to sleep better when, they, when they're taking it regularly. And I guess when we, when we understand how important it is to reduce stress on our bodies when we, when we have these sort of inflammatory joint conditions, it's, you know, that certainly is really, really helpful. So the only question I had regarding the CBD oil is, does it ever make you lethargic or tired or just sleepy or affect your athleticism? Not that I've not that I've found for myself, but I have certainly heard others, you know, feel like it has made them feel a little bit sleepy at times. But for me, I haven't had any of those sort of side effects. So I'm, um, you know, grateful to have it as a, a tool in my kit, I guess you could say. Okay. So you've got then your uh, you've got your diet dialed in. You uh, you you're running and you're um, making sure that you're keeping your body um, nimble and stretched and and therefore preventing injuries with that. 
Um, your appetite has increased as a result of doing the extra physical activity. All these are great things. You've got some CBD oil in the mix just to keep things uh, nice and controlled because there hasn't been any medications in all the time that you've had rheumatoid. Uh, your bloods are great. Is there anything else? I think we talked about uh, one thing um, we wanted to talk about was hair testing. It's not come up in any previous yeah. conversations. Tell us what, what is hair testing? What did you do? What did you learn by doing it? Yeah, so I felt like, um, you know, as you do when you're going through the um, elimination diet process and you're kind of managing everything really well, there's definitely a point where we we know that if we don't manage our variables right, you know, we don't we change more than one factor or food or whatever at the same time, then we don't really know what it is that's giving us either the positive or the negative impact. So one of the tools or the things that I discovered that was really supportive of me was um, I had some hair testing done. And what this meant was that it gave me like, it's just, I mean, it's all information, right? And we can use it in whatever way we, we, we see fit. But it just gave me like another level of information around foods that my body was definitely saying, you know, no to. Um, so it came back with a list of um, react, like the most reactive through to moderately reactive through to um, slightly reactive. It was in, um, you know, foods, food groups, environmental factors, um, things like that. And so I found that really helpful because it kind of empowered me. Um, there was definitely some stuff in there that I already knew and it kind of confirmed that for me and made that feel really good. Like, no, I knew that and that that's that's definitely a thing for me. You know, I'm not just imagining it. But it also gave me some insights into a few other things that I wouldn't have probably readily picked up on that actually weren't that supportive. And while I, um, you know, for me, dairy and wheat are absolutely like non-negotiable. They're out they're, they're done, but most other things um, I'm aware of and in small amounts, you know, here and there, they are not, they don't have a great impact on me, but um, it's just certainly great to have that, that level of awareness and that, you know, further information to support what you're doing. So I haven't had conversations about hair testing before or actually ever had that done. So it's a little bit of an unknown area for me. When you get the results, how confident are you that they matched with your own experience of testing? And how much sort of emphasis do you place on those results with making your choices afterwards? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, to be fair, in our family, we all got it done. I was like, right, everyone can have it done. Then we all have this level of information. And the children kind of took it really seriously, like, no, I'm not allowed that. And I said, you know, you just it's just information that we can use in whatever way we like. And it means that if there's something going on in our body, so for us, it's like, you know, if we have more inflammation, well, then that's a sign that we need to maybe go back to that information and be like, right, where have I, where have I gone beyond something that my body isn't isn't really liking? Um, so I think it's just, you know, it's like anything, it's another tool, it's more information, but we use it however which way we like. But for me, it's really empowered me to to um, to just grow and develop further in that journey of understanding what works for my body and what doesn't. So, yeah, I definitely refer back to it from time to time if, if something new comes up or if I have a different inflammation or if I have inflammation that I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, I don't, I feel like I always know what I'm eating. So I'm like, oh, that's weird. What have I eaten? And then if I go back through, I can be like, oh, maybe it was that. So that's kind of helpful. And 
I don't know. I think it just supports you when you're you're growing that intuitive approach around what does and doesn't work for you. Because at a deeper level, like we do kind of sometimes we do we know more than we give ourselves credit for about what our body does and doesn't like, but we don't always you know, we we get into our analytical mind and we sort of overthink things rather than just kind of going with that hunch that we have. So I think it supports you in terms of, um, you know, some of that intuitive stuff as well. Yeah, I like that. You know, our intuition is underrated and more powerful, I think, than we, than we give it credit for. Like you said, these tests are a tool. Um, so we've got like we can get microbiome mapping done. We can get food mm-hmm. sensitivities tests done. We can get you know kinesiology done, where mm-hmm. you know you do strength testing against someone uh, who's proficient or at, uh, at at mo- at monitoring your reaction to certain suggestions. And then we can get the hair testing done. And I'm sure there's 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 others. And all this stuff can occupy a lot of our time and consume a lot of our thoughts. And ultimately. If we apply just good practice that works for everyone, which is eat more greens, get lots of good sleep, exercise well, avoid processed foods, mm-hmm. keep down your you know saturated fats. Like for for example, for you, it's dairy products. I also recommend you know no meat, no dairy, no animal products at all, and you've already gotten yourself eighty percent there. And so these mm-hmm. other things are intellectually satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. But for example, I never recommend food sensitivity tests ever. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I find that those who have done them in the past and then have I've talked with and, and had conversation about their results, we, you spend half an hour just wasting time. Like, you know, what about olives? It says I can't eat olives. And then you go back, okay, hang on. And so it's just, let's just keep those in the nice to haves uh, if, if you want to yeah. explore it and spend the money and time. But most, most of the time, and I speak of food sensitivities, I see them as a distraction. And then we can lose months going down these paths. So hence why I wanted to really gain from you the, uh, the value that you've placed on the hair testing because, um, yeah, you know, it could be something that, uh, that has value for others too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, thank you. This has been really interesting and uh, I'm really pleased with how well you're doing. Uh, I think it's another example of how these aren't fleeting improvements to our health when we go and do all the things that we just mentioned a moment ago. This isn't something that then suddenly switches on you and you're, you know, and, 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 and it's temporary. If we keep it up, we're disciplined and we don't get complacent, then we can maintain our health. And mm-hmm. you're a shining example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's nice to nice to share with you all today. I always feel like, you know, there's so much um, value in, in sharing our stories to empower others to see what's possible for them as well. What's next for you? Do you have more running ambitions? Do you have other uh, sort of mountains to climb? Yeah, good question. I think, yeah, I'm not going to, people said, oh, you'll probably go want to do the full marathon next time. I'm like, no, actually, I feel a bit dumb with that. I'm I'm thinking about, I, I really enjoy getting out in nature in our beautiful country. And I think just doing more, more tramping adventures with my family, that feels really good. So yeah, that's where I'm at. And what about with your uh, helping others? If people want to talk with you, what's the best way to reach out to you? 
Yes, yeah, so that's a good question. I'm actually right in the process of um, of changing up my my website. So perhaps at a later date, you could come back and and edit my website details attached to this podcast for me. So at the moment, um, my probably your best to contact me um, via my website, which is www.wealthofhealth.co.nz, or actually just um, find me on Instagram, which is really easy. Charlotte.healed. Charlotte is easy healed is h-e-a-l-d and that's probably a great way to connect with me and um, learn more about the work that i'm doing yeah great so much of our community is on instagram now so if you are on the gram uh then uh, go over and check out charlotte follow her and see what she's doing she's posting pictures up of uh completing her run and stuff like that i believe uh you've certainly sent those through to me that i'll put up on the show notes for this episode Thank you, Charlotte. Keep up the wonderful work. Thanks for coming back and sharing your wonderful progress. Cool. Thanks, Clint. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.